Part three, chapter five of Quo Vadis, a tale of the time of Nero. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Quo Vadis by Henrik Sinkevich, translated by Binion and Malevsky. Part three, chapter five. The words of the apostle inspired the Christians with fresh hope. The end of the world seemed to them always at hand, yet they now began to realize that the terrible final judgment had been postponed, and that the first thing that would happen would be the end of Nero, whose reign they considered as that of Antichrist, and whose crimes cried to God for vengeance. Thus strengthened in their hearts, they dispersed after the prayer and departed to their temporary habitations, and even to the Trans-Tiber news had reached them that the conflagration set there in some twenty places had turned again with a change of the wind towards the river-side and after consuming here and there what it could had ceased to spread the apostle also left the quarry vinitius and chilo followed them the young tribune did not venture to interrupt him in his prayers so he walked on in silence only with his eyes he begged mercy his disquiet made him tremble but many came to kiss Peter's hands and the hem of the apostle's garment. Mothers held up their children to him. Men knelt in the dark, long passage, holding up tapers and begging a blessing. Others went alongside singing, so that there was no appropriate moment either for question or for answer. It was so in the narrow passage. Only when they came out in the open spaces whence the burning city could be seen, the apostle blessed them thrice, and turning to Vinitius said, Be not afraid. Near this place is the hut of the quarryman, in which we shall find Lygia and Linus and her faithful servant. Christ who predestined her for thee hath preserved her for thee. Vinitius tottered and supported himself by putting his hand against the rock the ride from Antium, the events at the wall, the search for Lygia among the burning houses, the sleepless nights and the frequent alarms, all these had almost exhausted his strength. But the news that the most precious one in the world was near at hand entirely unnerved him. He became so feeble that he threw himself speechless at the apostle's feet and embraced his knees. The apostle, waving away all thanks and honor, said, "'Not to me, but to Christ.' yea an admirable deity said the voice of chilo from the rear but i do not know what to do with the mules that are waiting here for me rise and come with me said peter taking the young man by the hand vinitius rose by the light of the flames tears were seen to trickle down his pale face his lips moved as though he were praying let us go he said but Chilo once more repeated, Master, what shall I do with the mules that are waiting? This worthy prophet probably prefers riding to walking. Vinitius himself did not know what to answer, but hearing from Peter that the hut of the quarryman was near, he exclaimed, Lead the mules to Macrinus. Excuse me, sir, if I remind you of the house in Amariola. In the shadow of this horrible conflagration it is quite natural to forget such trifling things thou wilt get it oh grandson of numa pompilius i was always sure of it but now hearing the promise and knowing that this magnanimous apostle has also heard it i shall not even remind thee that thou hast promised me a vineyard peace be with you i shall find thee master peace be with ye peter and vinitius replied and with thee 
both turned to the right toward the hills whilst on the road vinitius said master wash me with the water of baptism so that i may call myself a true confessor of christ for i love him with all my soul wash me at once for i am ready in my heart and whatever thou commandest me i will do only tell me what to do and i will do it love thy neighbor as thyself answered the apostle for only with love canst thou serve him yes i already understand and feel it when i was a child i believed in the roman gods albeit i did not love them but this god i love so much that i would gladly give my life for him he looked towards the sky and repeated with ecstasy for he is one for he only is good and gracious therefore not only will he save this city but the whole world him alone will i acknowledge him will i recognize and he will bless thee and thine concluded the apostle meanwhile they turned into another passage at the end of which a faint light was visible peter pointed to it and said that is the dwelling-place of the quarrymen who sheltered us when we were on the way returning from ostranium with the sick linus we could not then go to the other side of the tiber in a few minutes they arrived the hovel was more like a cave formed in the slope of the hill on the outside it had a wall made of clay and reeds the door was closed but through an opening which served for a window the interior was discerned lighted by a fire a dark giant figure rose to meet them and inquired who are you servants of christ peter replied peace be with thee ursus ursus bowed down to the apostle's feet recognizing vinitius he grasped his hand by the wrist and lifted it up to his lips and thou master he said blessed be the name of the lamb for the gladness thou wilt cause to Kalina." he opened the door and they entered linus was lying on a bundle of straw his face was emaciated and his brow as yellow as ivory sitting at the fireside was lygia holding in her hand a bunch of small fishes fastened on a string and evidently intended for supper she was busy removing the fishes from the string thinking it was ursus who had entered she did not raise her eyes but vinitius came near her pronounced her name and stretched out his hand to her she immediately stood up a flash of surprise and joy passed over her face and without a word as a child who after days of trouble and suffering recovers father or mother she threw herself into his open arms he embraced her and pressed her to his breast for some time with as much transport as though she had been rescued by a miracle then he unfastened his arms and placed her temples between his hands kissed her brow and her eyes and embraced her again repeating her name then bent to her knees and to her hands saluted her adored and worshipped her his delight was boundless as well as his love and happiness he told her how he had hastened from antium how he had searched for her at the walls and in the smoke in the house of linus how great his sufferings were how much he had endured before the apostle showed him her hiding-place but now he said now that i have found thee i shall not leave thee near this fire and these raging crowds people are murdering one another at the walls slaves are revolting and pillaging only god knows the miseries that are yet to fall on rome but i will protect thee and thine o oh my darling come with me to antium we shall embark there and sail for sicily my land is thy land 
my house is thy house listen to me in sicily we shall find aulus i will restore thee to pomponia after that i will take thee from her hands but thou o my most beloved trust me i am not yet baptized but ask peter if i have not expressed my desire to become a true confessor of christ if i did not ask him to baptize me even in the quarryman's cave trust thou in me all of ye confide in me lygia's face was radiant as she listened to these words christians first because of jewish persecution and now because of the conflagration and consequent confusion could only live in uncertainty and alarm a removal to a peaceful sicily would put an end to all this trouble and open a new epoch of bliss in their lives had vinitius planned to take lygia alone she would certainly have resisted the temptation she was unwilling to leave peter and linus but vinitius said unto them come with me my land is your land my house is your house at this lygia bowed to kiss his hand as a mark of obedience saying thy hearth is my hearth then ashamed that she had spoken words which according to roman custom were only repeated by wives at the marriage ceremony she blushed deeply and stood in the light of the fire with head downwards uncertain whether he would deem her wanting in maidenliness but in his face beamed boundless adoration he turned to peter rome he said is burning at caesar's command he complained at antium that he had never seen a conflagration if he shrank not from such a crime as this think what may yet come to pass who knows if he is not going to mass soldiers in the city and order a general massacre of the inhabitants who knows what persecution may follow and who knows whether after the calamity of fire the calamity of civil war murder and famine may not follow hide yourselves and let us also hide lygia there ye can wait in peace until the tempest passes and when it is over return anew to sow the good seed from the direction of the vatican field as though to enforce the fears of vinitius distant cries now arose cries of rage and terror at that moment the owner of the hut entered and hastily shut the door behind him near the circus of nero he cried the people are killing one another slaves and gladiators are throwing themselves on the citizens do you hear that asked vinitius the measure is filled said the apostle calamity will follow like an inexhaustible sea he turned to vinitius and pointing to lygia said take the maiden and save her together with linus and ursus let them go with you vinitius who loved the apostle with all the might of his soul exclaimed i swear to thee master that i shall not leave thee to perish the lord bless thee for thy good wishes answered the apostle but hast thee not heard that christ when on the lake thrice repeated unto me feed my lambs vinitius was silent moreover if thou who art not responsible for me declarest that thou wilt not leave me behind to destruction how canst thou ask that i should abandon my flock in the day of calamity when we were on the stormy lake and we were troubled in heart he did not forsake us how much more should i a servant follow the example of my master then linus raised his emaciated face and asked and why should i o representative of the lord why should i not follow thy example vinitius passed his hands over his face as though wrestling with himself or struggling with his thoughts 
then he grasped lygia by the hand and said it in a voice in which quivered the energy of the roman soldier listen to me peter linus and thou lygia i speak according to the dictates of my human reason but ye have another monitor which recks not for your own safety but only for the commands of the saviour i did not understand this and i erred for the scales have not yet been removed from my eyes and the old adam is not yet dead within me but as i love christ and wish to be his servant it involves a thing which is more important than my life i kneel here before you and swear that i also will fulfil the commandment of love and will not forsake my brethren in the day of calamity this said he knelt down then suddenly transported into a state of ecstasy he raised his eyes and hands and called out do i understand thee now o christ am i worthy of thee his hands trembled his eyes glistened with tears his body shook with faith and love the apostle peter took an earthen vessel full of water approached him and solemnly said i baptize thee in the name of the father the son and the holy ghost enthusiasm seized on all present it appeared to them that the house was filled with heavenly light that they heard unearthly music that the cliffs in the cave opened above their heads that throngs of angels floated down from heaven and that up above they beheld a cross and pierced hands giving a blessing meanwhile the riotous shouts and the roar of the flames from the burning city resounded from without End of Part 3, Chapter 5